Two recent scientific studies shocked me. And both should be front page news every day, at least until we've dealt with the coronavirus. The first one said that tiny air pollution is linked to 11% more death from COVID-19. The second one said that 15% of worldwide death may have resulted from dirty air and the damage it causes to our heart and our lungs. That's about 200,000 deaths, by the way, given where we are today on the total number of deaths from coronavirus. And that same second study said something like 27% of coronavirus deaths in China are attributable to air pollution, 26% in Germany, 18% in the US and 14% in the UK. In other words, all these excess deaths have occurred because air pollution made sure that the coronavirus had a deadly impact. So that got me thinking about that myth that we are all sold, which is the myth of fresh air. You would have encountered it on a personal level if you'd walked out to a park or a green space in your city to breathe some fresh air. And I've got news for you, that is absolutely not what happened. In fact, you breathed extremely polluted air. And in this episode, I'm going to tell you exactly why fresh air is a myth and what is it that we need to do about it. Welcome to episode 43 of the Angry Clean Energy Guy with me, Asad Razouk. I am so happy you're here. Thank you. Many years before Greta Thunberg, there was Severn Coolis Suzuki. In 1989, she was nine. At that young age, she founded something called the Environmental Children's Organization. And at age 12, she ended up attending the Earth Summit in Rio de Janeiro in 1992. She became famous as the girl who silenced the world for five minutes when in her 1992 speech, she said that she was afraid to go out in the sun now because of the hole in our ozone, and she's afraid to breathe the air because she doesn't know what chemicals are in it. So that was back in 1992. The two studies I just referred to, both peer-reviewed, one in a journal called Science Advances and the other one in a journal called Cardiovascular Research. One focused on the United States and the other one worldwide. Both basically say that Severn, correct in 1992, is also correct today in 2020. You too should be afraid to breathe the air because you most definitely know what chemicals are in it 
even though it's been 28 years since the 12-year-old silenced the world for five minutes with exactly that point. And what have we done since about it? I'll tell you what we've done about it. We've done almost nothing. Now, the good news is we are starting to do something, but we've done so little in 28 years, it's a scandal. So let me tell you more about your fresh air. All of this information, by the way, you should know, whereas Severn back in 1982 did not. So let's start with the basics. There are three types of air pollutants that cause terrible health problems. The first one is called particulate matter. And within that, there's a small menu of PMs, PM 2.5 and PM 10 in particular. These two, the 2.5 and the 10, refers to their size, and they are tiny, tiny, tiny. How tiny? PM 2.5 means 2.5 micrometers, and PM 10 means 10 micrometers, but a single hair from your head is 70 micrometers in diameter. So we're talking about stuff which is one-seventh to one-thirtieth smaller than the diameter of your hair. In other words, you cannot see it with your eyes. Particulate matter worsens heart disease. It worsens lung disease. These things have microscopic solids or liquid droplets that are so small that you can basically inhale them. And when you do, they're going to go deep into your lungs and some may even get into your bloodstream. The second type of air pollutant is nitrogen dioxide. And these cause a flare-up of asthma or symptoms, for example, coughing and difficulty breathing. And then the third type of air pollutant is called ground-level ozone. And that one forms when heat and sunlight allow the reaction between two other pollutants, nitrogen oxide, which we've just talked about, and volatile organic compounds which basically are gases emitted from some solids or liquids. Now, you're not going to be surprised when I tell you what particulate matter, nitrogen dioxide, and ground-level ozone have in common. What they have in common is they all come from power plants burning fossil fuels like coal and gas and oil. They all come from cars that are burning petrol or diesel, and they also come from industrial plants. But at its core, most of our air pollution is driven by the burning of oil, gas, and coal. There are many other sources of that pollution, by the way, construction sites, you know, the dust that comes out of that, unpaved roads, wildfires, of course, and the haze that travels around with these and reduces visibility, your central heating system at home, if it's gas-powered. But let's not change the subject and start worrying about dust from construction sites when we know that the fundamental driver 
of air pollution is the burning of oil, gas, and coal, and petrol and diesel cars and buses and scooters and trains. And of course, we can't forget the airplanes and the ships. So over the past 150 years, we have been burning gas, oil, and coal and polluting at will, using the air basically as a free garbage can. But of course, when you look out through the window in your house or in your apartment, you're not going to see any of that pollution. And so then you walk around actually thinking that you're breathing fresh air. Similarly, in a park in any city in the world, you would think that you went out to the park because you're going to breathe some fresh air. And that is most definitely not what you're doing. You are breathing PM 2.5, you're breathing PM 10, you're breathing NOx, and you're breathing nitrogen dioxide and ground level ozone. And it's gotten so bad that 9 out of 10 citizens worldwide are breathing dirty air right now. And of course, poorer regions and poorer countries are suffering more. And then the impact of that dirty air is more death from stroke, heart disease, from chronic obstructive pulmonary diseases, from lung cancer, from acute respiratory infections. And that's just the death which the World Health Organization estimates as 7 million people worldwide each year. 7 million people dying because they are breathing dirty air disguised as fresh air most of the time. But away from that horrible statistic of 7 million people dying, there is everybody else whose health is being negatively affected. Asthma sufferers, people that are coughing because of dirty air, weaker lungs, weaker hearts. So just a general weakening of the health of the entire population of the world for which nobody is paying. So what's very important to remember is that 9 out of 10 of us breathe dirty air all the time, basically, that that dirty air not only kills 7 million people a year, but is negatively affecting the health of everybody on the planet, that fresh air is therefore basically a myth, and finally, that all of that is coming straight from burning gas, oil, and coal, and from cars, buses, and scooters, and trains, and planes, and ships, powered by petrol, gas, or diesel. That's all you need to know. And then, obviously, if you keep that in mind, what will happen is that you'll be increasingly motivated to take action because you can take action both at an individual level by walking more or using a bicycle or switching to an electric car or an electric scooter and as a collective by voting for fresh air. And what's crazy about this topic is not only that fresh air is a myth, but that we would benefit so much from cleaner air. 
because we'd have less traffic, we'd have more livable cities and towns, we'd have fewer days of sick, our healthcare systems would save an enormous amount of wasted time and money because at the moment they are having to deal with all these illnesses and I'm not even referring to the 7 million deaths, I'm talking about everybody else who is not dying but is affected by what they breathe. And that burden on our health services is huge. At the same time, the actions that we're taking around the world are never going to be enough until we stop using petrol and diesel cars and dirty scooters and buses and planes and ships. New Delhi, for example, routinely declares public health emergencies, shuts down schools, distributes millions of protective masks, and it's not because of the coronavirus, it's because of dirty air. And that interaction of burning oil, gas, and coal, and dirty cars and buses and scooters interacts with wildfires and burning crops for agricultural purposes, as they do in northern India, to periodically remind us that what we're breathing is dirty air. But even before the agricultural crops or the wildfires add to the pollution and create a haze that then we can see, even before they do that, we had been breathing dirty air all along. All the wildfire did is it reminded us of it for a few days or weeks or months a year, but the dirty air has been there all along. That dirty air is a major factor behind China waging war against pollution for almost seven years now, and finally this year committing to go net zero by 2060. That's because the Chinese are refusing to breathe dirty air and are doing something about it. They've had 80,000 environmental riots a year routinely in China. So now they're restricting the number of high-polluting cars and buses on their roads. They are heavily pushing electric buses. They're turning all their two-wheelers into electric scooters, for example. And the next step for China is clear. They're just simply going to have to stop burning coal as they will gradually over the next few years. And it's not a coincidence that the world's most congested cities are those with the dirtiest air. And it's an excuse for no one that we can't see that air, because we all should know that that dirty air is out there. And it's no longer an excuse that the pollution particles are so small as to be invisible, or that science hasn't caught up with the impact of pollution from fossil fuels. We all know that now. So you have no justification whatsoever to continue to do what you do without affecting change at an individual level and without voting as a collective for fresh air. We already know that our own behavior has been destructive. Destructive to biodiversity, destructive to climate. We've been putting pressure for decades and decades on wild animals because we have been taking over 
where they live, and we have been destroying their ecosystems. We've also kept them in cages, and as a result of doing all of that recklessly, we've had many animal pathogens infecting us. Talk about self-destruction, from Ebola to anthrax to the bubonic plague and others. And coronavirus is really just the most recent example of what nature is trying to tell us with a very loud voice. It also turns out that not only are we effectively creating these pandemics, but we're making sure that their impact is even worse than it should be by preparing the grounds via a deliberate pollution of our air and the quasi-elimination of fresh air for nine out of 10 humans on the planet. I mean, it sounds unbelievable, doesn't it? But it's exactly what's going on. But here is the good news. If you fight climate change today, you are also fighting air pollution. You are protecting your lungs and you are protecting your heart. You're also fighting back against asthma and a whole range of other diseases that are impacted by the air that you breathe. Or, if you prefer, fight for fresh air. And the good news is that you would be fighting climate change at the same time. Because what these fights have in common is the fact that both will require us to eliminate the use of 90% of the oil, gas, and coal that we use today. So please be suspicious, be very suspicious of your fresh air, because it is most likely mythical. Vote for plans to end illegal air pollution. Vote for diesel to disappear. Vote for changes to road taxes if you live in countries where these exist so that anybody driving a diesel car or a petrol car is pushed to stop. Vote for more pedestrian centers. Vote for more bicycles. Vote for more infrastructure to support electric cars and electric buses and electric scooters especially scooters in poorer countries, because they represent the overwhelming mode of transportation. If you go to Jakarta or to Ho Chi Minh or to Bombay, the scooters all need to go, and they all need to be replaced by electric scooters, because the impact on the fresh air of that population will be instant and very large, and the impact on the healthcare systems of these countries will also be greatly beneficial for all. And if you want to protect your fresh air, we've really got to eliminate coal. And if you want your fresh air back, coal really has to completely go worldwide, followed shortly thereafter by oil and gas. Now, these two don't have to completely go worldwide, but 90% has to. Thank you so much for listening to this episode 43 of the Angry Clean Energy Guy with me, Asad Razouk. If you like this podcast, please rate it or leave a review. You can also email me 
with your comments, questions, or suggestions for future podcast topics, and have a great couple of weeks.